Well, the year 1983, a very significant uh, year for myself. And if you go back to the early 80s, uh, there is a lot going on in the culture. You know, we were coming out of the 70s and the hippie era. Anybody live through that and survive? People are like, oh, maybe. Yeah, I'm still there. And, you know, in the early 80s, we're living right in the midst of the Cold War. The culture is kind of really... There, there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of anxiety of what is going on. But 1983, I'm only seven years old. And in 1983, a very significant movie came out. Anybody know what that movie might be? Return of the Jedi. 1983, Return of the Jedi comes out and thousands and thousands of kids and adults go out to see this movie. And not only with this movie, uh, it's fascinating was how much money was just was made off of the movies because of the toy sales. And for every child, especially my age, man, you just wanted Star Wars figures and you wanted everything. And so we get to the Christmas of 1983 and I consider this the greatest Christmas of my life. And this is why. I get the Ewok village. The toy Ewok village from Return of the Jedi. It doesn't stop there though. We get this gaming system called an Intellivision. And some of you haven't heard of it, but the Intellivision came out the same time as the Atari 2600, but the Intellivision was more expensive and actually a better gaming unit. And in the same year, my parents got for us the Ewok Village and an Intellivision, the greatest Christmas of my life, seriously. Like the gifts were awesome. I mean, maybe second place is the year that my parents bought me a snowblower. Say amen to snowblowers. You know, like... That was a little more in my adulthood. But you know, the idea of receiving and giving good gifts uh, is something that our own Heavenly Father loves to do. And just even this past uh, Christmas, uh, we were getting close uh, to Christmas right before Thanksgiving, and I, I brought up to my wife, kind of out of nowhere, it's like, okay, honey, I think I wanna get our kids an Xbox, Xbox One. They've been playing a Wii forever, uh, and it caught my wife off guard a little bit because my kids have not asked for any, anything like this. And, uh, you know, so she's like, okay, let's do it. And I, as a dad, start getting really excited. Maybe for myself a little bit, but for my own kids, you know, like, so I go on the hunt of what games to get them, and we get them, and we normally open presents on Christmas Eve, so that's been our family tradition, and so we carry that on, and so we open presents. We didn't open the big ones that night, and so we saved them for the next morning, and we had this scavenger hunt. My kids love searching for things and scavenger hunts, and, you know, we, may, we have them open together, the first one, and man, they are so pumped, you know, like those moments of like where they're shouting and there's joy. And the reality is we just love, people love good gifts. And I, as a father and my wife, as a mother, love giving good gifts to our kids. And so how much more does our own heavenly father love to give good gifts unto us? So what we want to do is we're going to continue to unpack where we've been. And this will be the last time we talk about this. Uh, we're going to talk about the idea of Sabbath and rest. And we've been leaning into this. And this comes uh, out of Isaiah 30, 15. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of it. You would have none of it. And I just... And this is, I think, growing out of our own culture, being around Pastor Kevin and some of our other uh, ministers who have been pressing into this idea that we have to become a people who know how to enter into rest and how to enter into Sabbath and how to slow down because the culture is getting faster and faster and faster. 
Now, I made some jokes with some people, uh, that in all honesty, that in some ways I'd rather talk about sex and money tonight than about Sabbath keeping. Because there is that much tension about asking people to slow down and pause. And they would have none of it. And so I want to invite us into this idea of Sabbath keeping and rest and unpack it a little bit more. But I want to do, I would really, this is helpful, I feel like, if we do it around the idea of gift. And what we have done in our traditions, and many of us grew up in this, is that we've made you know, Sabbath keeping and rest a little bit of a, a religious activity. And we've made it very legalistic. So we joke about not mowing your yard and pillow on Sundays, you know, all these things that we come up with. And, uh, you know, in the old covenant, many of the things that the Lord gives to his people come in the form of commands. Lots of great commands. We have the 10 commandments, but there's a way that when we move into new covenant theology, those commands, many of them, which are still there, if you look at them through the lens of Jesus and the cross and his resurrection and his grace actually become gifts not commands. They become gifts, and if we will step into them, you know, there's so much open up to us. And I wanna, I wanna give us just a couple verses as we break some of these things down around the idea of Sabbath keeping and entering into rest that might help us out. And this is in Colossians 2, chapter 2, verse 16, 17. I'm gonna, you can turn to things if you want. I'm gonna kind of use lots of short little scriptures uh, tonight, so keep up. Here we go. Colossians 2, 16 through 17, it says this. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regards to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. They are a reality, however, that is found in Christ. So this is a really interesting verse if you think about how we have lived church culture out of the last 100 to 200 years when we think about Sabbath. Because Paul is addressing, addressing a Jewish culture that is used to rules and regulations, do's and don'ts, very strict rules about how do you keep Sabbath and what do you do and what you, don't you do. And all of a sudden, Paul is flipping it on its head and saying, whoa, wait, let's, let's stop here. We need Sabbath, but we cannot heap rules and regulations on it so that it actually becomes a burden to us. And I would guess some of us have maybe felt some of the burden of Sabbath keeping, in different ways, or how to enter into rest. And Paul's saying, no, let's enter into the grace of Jesus. Now, this idea of the grace of Jesus uh, is, is important. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 6.1, many of us know this verse says, as God's fellow workers, we urge you, don't receive God's grace in vain. And what does that mean? One is it means when we receive the grace of God in vain, we are not receiving all of the benefits of that grace. So when we receive the grace of God in vain, we don't receive all of the benefits of the grace of Jesus Christ. And whenever we receive gifts, you know, uh, with my kids, if my kids, I could have given them those gifts, and if they never opened them, they never actually received the goodness of the gift. And a lot of us do this with the gifts of God. God gives us so many good gifts, so many, and many of us actually don't open them up to use them. And another simple analogy would be like, if I have uh, all kinds of debt, you know, I've somehow racked up $200,000, debt in my house, in my college, whatever, and all of a sudden, a gift is given to me of a million dollars. And I set that million dollars into a bank account, 
and then I never actually pay off my debt, I'm receiving that gift in vain and not actually stepping in to use that to pay off my debts. And we can do this with the grace of God and we can do this with the gifts that he gives us. And uh, as we keep pressing in, what we, I hope you don't hear the heart of this. And this is, we're not gonna talk a lot about well, what should I do or not do on these because some of us need to figure this out within our family structures and for ourselves. And we're gonna, we'll unpack that a little bit. But what I don't wanna say is like, don't do this, don't do that, do this. Because when you start to get in that, that's what Paul is talking about. Like, don't make this about a religious, legal structure. But yet there's something that we need about Sabbath. And we see this uh, in, uh, in Hebrews. And it says this in Hebrews, a Sabbath rest still remains for the people of God let us therefore make every, enter, make every effort to enter into that rest. So on one hand, you're, the apostle Paul is saying, let's not make this legalistic and a ritual, but let's make every effort to step into the rest that the Lord has to offer us. So, you know, a simple question is, well, you know, we talk about Sabbath and for many of us, we'll just think Sunday and going to church. So we need to a little bit debunk the idea that while church is going and worshiping, things like this on a day that might be your Sabbath is really great. Uh, within the Jewish culture and the structure of Sabbath, they didn't go and gather together on their Sabbath. It was actually done on a separate day. So they would go to synagogue on a different day than when they Sabbathed. Okay, so in, you know, and I, there's nothing wrong with us going, like it actually is, I love being able to come to church on a Sabbath. Like there's something really helpful in that. But what we don't want to do is say, well, I went to church and that was my Sabbath. Because I think in some ways we've, we've created that posture. So that as soon as I get out of church, then it's on with the normal hustle and bustle of life. So we really are trying to create a 24-hour span of, Lord, how do we set space and time to enter into Sabbath. So what does Sabbath look like? And uh, there's kind of, we're gonna say four C's. I added one last minute, but one is just ceasing. We talked about this last, or two months ago, that the idea of Sabbath is the Lord is asking us to cease from work, cease from things that where we have to try to produce out of, out of ourselves. That there is a stopping of work that is really, really help, helpful. So there's a ceasing from work and things that I, I would say actually don't help us connect well with our Heavenly Father. The second one is that we commune. And this goes two ways, both with Jesus, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We wanna learn in our Sabbath keeping, we wanna commune deeply with him. But we also, and this is a part of Sabbath keeping that I don't think is, is uh, we don't understand well, is we need to commune with each other. That either within family, and this is why coming together on Sunday mornings or things like this are really helpful because coming together as the body of Christ in communion is really good Sabbath keeping because we need each other. So there's a communing with the Father, Son, Holy Spirit and a communing with others. The other is celebrating. We don't do this well. You know, kind of Sabbath is like more like, uh, let's just tolerate it and get through it versus in reality, even when you look through Old Testament and what the Lord invited his people into, man, they were celebrating all the time. Like we don't celebrate enough in churches. You know, we kind of get stuck at the cross. Like when Jesus is one and he's resurrected, like we should be celebrating all the time and that should flow out of our lives, in our homes, in our churches. So celebrating, very important to, uh, to Sabbath keeping. And the last one, because I needed to see, is cadence or rhythm. That there needs to be a rhythm in Sabbath keeping. And we see cadence throughout God's created order. I mean, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365, our hearts beat with a cadence. We are created for rhythms 
and cadence because the Lord has created us to need those things. So those four C's, we wanna cease from work. We wanna commune with others and with God. We wanna celebrate well together. We wanna step into cadence or into rhythm. And I think, you know, with Sabbath keeping, my wife, Tracy and I, we were talking about this and we're gonna keep talking about it. And I think that a good way to just approach this with a family and, you know, uh, again, try not to make it legalistic. And I think the, di- the dynamic in the family is the hard one to figure out this day and age because you know, children are busy, parents are busy. We're just all really busy. So trying to figure this out together is good. And why we've got to invite our children into this process is because if we invite them in, allow them to get some of their input, help them understand why Sabbath keeping is so important, that removes some of the religiosity out of it. Because most of us, you know, what I could do as a parent is be like, this is what we're gonna do on a Sabbath, so you're not gonna watch any TV, or you're not gonna go do this, or you're not gonna do this, instead of inviting my children into the process. So we're asking, okay, what should a Sabbath look like for us as a family? What does it look like for us to do things that give us life, and that we can celebrate and do things together that connect us with the Lord? We wanna do these things within family structures. And I think for those that maybe aren't in a family structure right now is what does this look like with friends? With other people that we can help keep uh, just good, healthy rhythms. And this is my last in the Sabbath keeping. And then we're gonna move on to what does rest look like? Cause they are, they are different. And I, I, cause I'm asking the Lord, like, how do you frame this up? Like, cause we don't wanna make this religious, but what should it look like? And I just, I don't know if this was from the Lord, it could just be me, but I just felt like he said, it just needs to look different than your other six days. So really just take an inventory. What is your seventh, your Sabbath day? What does that look like? And if it looks a lot like your other six days, there's a good chance you're not Sabbathing. So now you can frame that up to what that looks like. So if you don't watch any TV for the other six days, man, sit and watch TV for 24 hours straight. <laughs> but if... You know, if we're addicted and we're on our technology nonstop, well, what could it look like for a day to cease from some technology? You know, so that's how I want to frame it up. It's like, Lord, these are things I do and need to do to be productive for even your kingdom on these six days. But how can this day look different? Okay, so let's talk about rest. We're going to talk also get why these things are so important. So let's talk about rest because there is a difference. You know, so what should rest look like? And the idea of Sabbath is creating kind of a 24-hour span uh, where we're doing some very specific things. But there's also this rest. And Jesus, uh, and throughout even, we read it, where we're just, we're trying to enter into God's rest. And part of the series is we want to get to a place where the rest and peace of Jesus is in us so deeply that it really comes out of us. So we will not bring rest to the world if we are internally not at rest, Okay, so that, that's, I think, the key component of why we want to do this. And so some things about rest, you know, is, simple one, we need to get good sleep at night. And this is just science, okay? I, I looked up some things of like, what happens if we don't get rest? So this is uh, for some things online from some medical things and uh, simple. We get really moody. So you have mood swings. We have memory issues, we have trouble with thinking and concentration. We're more prone to accidents. We're weakened in our immunity system. We have high blood pressure, at risk for diabetes, weight gain, low sex drive, risk of heart d- disease, poor balance, risk of early death. Maybe we just need to sleep a little more at night. Like the Lord created us to need sleep. And some of us, we really fight that. 
And some of that because we don't have inner peace. So some of us are like, I can't get to sleep at night because we're worried about work and we're stressed out. But if we learn to become internally at rest and at peace, we actually physically can become at rest and at peace and vice versa. Another thing is just learning how to slow down, quiet ourselves and be still. And this is, this is a hard one because sometimes different personalities uh, this is hard for some people. Some people are more prone to it and natural at it. And for others, uh, it's a little bit more challenging. But I do think that for us as the creation of God, that we have to learn to slow down and be still and be quiet. That those are really important moments. And I think actually great habits around that are not trying to do like, oh, I gotta take a whole day of silence versus like throughout my day, I'm gonna take 10 minutes. And I'm gonna take just these little steps that allow me to say, Lord, what do you wanna to say to me in these moments where I just slow myself down? The next is just extended times. And I didn't wanna call this vacation, but really in some ways it is vacation, but extended times that bring life, that deepen relationships, that help us celebrate, that connect you to Jesus. But there is something about rest that we need for extended periods of time. This is why we need vacations and I would suggest for families, and every family is a little bit different on this, but you need vacations that actually give life. And sometimes, you, you know, we joke, you need a vacation from your vacation. Like, sometimes that's, you really do. Go on vacation, you need to then pause and you need to rest some more. So creating some extended times of life, uh, doing activities that bring you life. And I think this goes into those Sabbath rhythms that if you're doing something on a Sabbath that just sucks the life out of you, that's bad Sabbath keeping. Like it really is like, oh, the agony, but I've got to keep Sabbath. Like that's not the point of Sabbath keeping and entering rest. And each of us is going to be very wired very differently. So I joke about the mowing thing. Like I actually love to mow. Like it's some ways very life-giving. And some of that's because I get to listen to podcasts. I put on music. It is 45 minutes of me, you know, actually I connect well with the Lord in my mowing. You know, so you need to find these things that help us to really kind of slow ourselves down. Uh, doing, uh, we, and then the last one here is just, it should help connect us to the Lord. So we don't want rest and Sabbath to be lazy or mindless. We really do want it to be this deep connection with our Savior. But we've got to be intentional with it. And for some of us, that means we're going to have to really, we've got to reschedule some things. We've got to figure some things out. We've got to set some borders and some boundaries for our families. And we've got to talk about those things so we can enter in. So here's, you know, but, and the question is why rest and why Sabbath? And uh, I was, I've been asking the Lord this quite a bit, even, and I hadn't quite, I didn't feel like I'd landed on it. And I'm like, you know, Lord, what are you, what are you saying about rest and Sabbath? And I'm gonna get to it. So let me go through the whys. And then I wanna get to, I think, and this was, I got this ser seriously like 10 minutes before I needed to get back over here. Like I was like waiting, like, Lord, where's it at? And then he came so get ready, it's gonna be awesome. And <laughs> boy, I hope it's awesome. All right, why rest in Sabbath? You know, one is our bodies, our souls, our minds need rest, spiritually and it's science. Like the science is showing that. So if you don't believe the spiritual side, maybe we'll believe the science side. That our bodies need to slow down and we need rhythms of rest. The other is that we're, just, we're made for deep connection with God and with others. And rest and Sabbath invite us into those natural rhythms. And this is one that I can just even see through the generations. And uh, 
our family is going to try to figure this out. That it's interesting is that it feels like uh, we don't know how to do things well with other people. We see less inviting into homes. We see less inviting in with our neighbors than what I feel like we saw 10, 20, 30 years ago. And there's lots of different reasons, socioeconomically and culturally, why that's happening. But what would it look like? We've been saying this with our neighborhoods. Like, what does it look like to be present in our neighborhoods? Part of Sabbath keeping is invite some of your neighbors over and celebrate together. Do something that actually starts to point even others to Jesus in those Sabbath moments. Uh, another is that it's important to celebrate and remember, we've talked about that. Uh, it invites us to trust the Lord. And I think this is the one that is, I'm not sure we believe we actually can get all of our stuff done in six days and trust the Lord to take a break from it. The easiest, if one uh, biblical example, if you go into the Old Testament, there are all these rules around Sabbath keeping. And the Lord said, every seventh year, rest your fields and pay off all the debts. Let them go. So think about that, that for a full year, we're not gonna plant any crops and we're gonna trust that the Lord is actually gonna provide for us. Boy, you think we could get away with that this day and age? Enough trust that we could actually cease from production for a full year, trusting that in our inactivity, we would become more productive. So now try and just do that and apply it to a week. What would that rhythm look like? And I was meeting with somebody and they gave just that simple, I don't remember where it came from, but there is this real principle in the kingdom that in our inactivity connected to Jesus, we become more productive. But most of us don't believe that. We don't believe that at all because we don't trust the Lord. So that's why I've got to be doing some work or not only that, sometimes it's just like mentally. That's for me the, the mental block. And I struggle with this. Like I can go home and for hours go through in my mind, boy, how should that service win? Or what could we have done better? How could we improve? And I'm learning like, nope, let's shut this off. Let's shut this stuff off and let me be connected to the Lord, to my family. Let's celebrate what the Lord has done in this week. And then let's start over again tomorrow and let's trust the Lord. So I'd put him to the test. I love putting the Lord to the test. What would it look like in your inactivity to trust him that he will actually make you more productive? Because I really do think he'll do it. And then this last one, it helps us to hear the Lord's voice in our lives. And I love this example from uh, 1 Kings. You know, Elijah the prophet has just brought uh, fire down from heaven and burned up all kinds of people and things. And now he finds himself on the run, which is crazy. The Lord shows up in power and now he's running for his life and says this, there Elijah entered a cave and spent the night and the word of the Lord came to him saying, what are you de doing here, Elijah? I've been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, he replied, but the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, tore down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I'm the only one left and they are seeking my life as well. And then the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. Behold, the Lord is about to pass by and a great and mighty wind tore into the mountains and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire came a still small voice. 
And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And I feel like that is a perfect picture of our society right now with how loud and how crazy and how chaotic it is. You know, the Lord, he could, the Lord could have come here and been so much louder than all of these things and spoke to Elijah. But he says, no, in the chaos, in how crazy and loud it is, I'm gonna come and if you will still yourself, I'm gonna come with my still small voice. And that's what the Lord does when he invites us into rest and into Sabbath. He helps us to hear his voice. So let's get to why I feel like this is so critical for us. And this is from Exodus. Let me read this. This is Moses and the Lord is talking with him and the Israelites have come out and they're not in the promised land yet. This is just, they've just come out of Egypt. Moses said to the Lord, look, you've been telling me, Lord, this people, Lord, these are your people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name and you have found favor in my sight. Now, if indeed I have found favor in your sight, please let me know your ways that I may know you and find favor in your sight. Remember that this nation is your people. It's funny, Moses is trying to get himself off the hook right there. Remember that this nation is your people, Lord. And the Lord answered, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And then Moses says, if your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. For how then can it be known that your people and I have found favor in your sight unless you go with us? This is the important phrase. And how else will we be distinguished from all of the other people on the face of the earth. So what the Lord is saying to Moses and what Moses is asking of the Lord, Lord, how are we gonna be distinguished? And as we move forward in our culture, the church is gonna have to become very distinguished from the culture. It's gonna naturally, it's gonna become that whether we like it or not. And what the Lord says is, when my presence comes and my rest comes, that will distinguish you from the rest of the people. My rest and being a people of rest will distinguish you from all others. And if we can get that in our hearts, in our spirits, we have the greatest opportunity to be the light of Jesus. Because we've been saying this, it will be attractional. A people of internal rest and of physical rest and spiritual rest who carry the presence of God are attractional people. And I believe why the church is not is struggling with being attractional is because we don't carry the presence of God and we don't carry the rest of God. And if we as the people of God can do this and not do it legalistically or religious, and so here's, you know, let me just say this in this moment. Like what we could do is start to take shame. So what the enemy wants to do right now is he wants to start to accuse. You're not doing this, you're not doing this. If you'd only do this, okay, that's not what, that's not what this is about. Like the heart of the Father and his good gift to us is that if we will enter in, if we open that gift, I believe this will really distinguish us so that the, the culture will say, I want what they got. They have something, I don't know what it is, but I really, I really, really want it. And I think this is gonna, part of this is the waves of revival and spiritual awakening that are coming, is that to really step into long stretches of being kingdom people this is gonna to have to be the good gift that we open regularly. And we have to step into these, these rhythms. And so I wanna just give us a little bit of space and time. 
you know, just to, just to ask the Lord. And, you know, I, and I, let's, let's do this, just to create a little bit of community here, is with some people around you, uh, why don't you just ask the simple question, like, is, is rest and Sabbath keeping, does that come naturally for you? Is it easy? And this isn't, again, not to shame people. I think you can talk about some of your past because I think our past can help us really redefine our present and going into our future. But just with people around you, like, you know, is rest hard? You know, kind of like do a little bit of a quick self-assessment. Is that something that's easy for you? Is it hard? But let's just have some group conversation just for a few moments. And then we're gonna just step into some, a little bit of rest and some prayer moments to, to step into this further, okay? So let's, we'll put on some quiet music, a few minutes, just to ask a couple questions with each other. So we'll open honest conversation. Where are you at on this rest Sabbath spectrum? So I'd encourage you to, you know, as you go from this place is to create some, you know, intentional space and time, you know, with yourself and with your families and just to begin to ask, you know, these simple questions of, you know, what, what is Sabbath and rest? What could it look like for myself and for our families? And so I want to, I'm going to read this again. This is coming out of that, uh, the verse from Exodus, again, to kind of give us our exclamation point. When we rest, we open ourselves up to more of God's presence in our lives. And that hopefully what we long for, more of his presence, more of his glory. And when God's presence is in our life, we learn how to be at rest on the inside. And we are distinguished from the rest of the culture as we are marked by his presence, which is to live at rest, peace, joy, and freedom. And so that's the hope as we step into these things, not to be cast more burdens and all that kind of stuff, but to actually create healthy connection with our Savior. So I'm just going to guide us in some prayer. And so just let's just kind of posture ourselves however you feel like you need to posture yourself. And so would you just simply, would you just ask the Lord, Lord, would you show me what it looks like to be at rest? What does it look like for me to enter into Sabbath and just allow the Holy Spirit to begin to bring some things to your heart, to your mind of what, what could it look like? And don't try to think up 10, 20 things. What's one or two simple, one or two simple practices? And with that, would you ask the Holy Spirit, is there one or two things that within rest and Sabbath that uh, the Lord might ask you to give up? Might be for a season, might be for a longer period of time, but is there one or two things that in the adding of something, is there a subtraction of something that is needed? Kindness, the Lord's kindness leads us to repentance. And maybe there's just something right now that the Lord is, is, is bringing up for you to see, need to say, Lord, would you take this 
Lord, you forgive me for not stepping into rest or into Sabbath. Maybe you would say, forgive me, Lord, for making it more of a command than a gift. Maybe you yourself have created shame or guilt or condemnation towards others or judgment. Would you say, Lord, would you forgive me of this? This kindness leads us to repentance. And in a posture of receiving, can we just simply put our hands out in front of us? And Heavenly Father, we say that we want every good gift that you have for us. And right now we choose to receive these gifts of rest and the Sabbath. And as we unwrap them, Lord, would you reveal to us what it looks like to use these gifts, how to steward them, Lord, would you show us what it looks like to cease and to trust? Would you show us what it looks like to connect more deeply and intimately with you and with others? Lord, would you show us what it looks like to celebrate? Would the joy of the Lord be our strength? And we ask for healthy rhythms, for that cadence that we know we need in our lives. I can sense the Lord, he's he's just pouring out his good gifts of love, his grace. The Lord is always speaking this, but again, in this moment, would you know that the Lord really, really loves you? The Father loves you so much. He's pleased with you. He loves you. It's a joy for him to give you good gifts. The ways that we as humans get excited, our heavenly father gets way, way more excited. He loves to pour out his goodness and his love. And so in the name of Jesus, we break off any any religion, any shame, any guilt. We break off any condemnation that has ever come in our lives. Maybe it's from when we were kids, ways that our parents tried to create Sabbath, the way our culture has tried to frame it up, the way the church has tried to frame it up, Lord. And in the name of Jesus, we release your freedom. We release your rest. We release your peace and your goodness. And we receive all that you have for us. And so as we go from this place tonight, And as you go, body of Christ, would you know the extravagant love of the heavenly father? Would you know the peace and the presence that comes through Jesus Christ? Would you know the partnership? Would you know the boldness? Would you know the power of the Holy Spirit as you go from this place? And would you go in his rest? 
to be a people of rest. In the name of Jesus.